0: Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of School of Startups. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to find your economic moat in a competitive SaaS market. Today, we have our special guest, Court Courthout, joining us. Jeron is the co-founder and CEO of SalesFlare, which is a fast, powerful, and intuitive CRM for B2B SMBs focusing on improving prospect relations and sales. Salesforce has been featured on TechCrunch and Entrepreneur and has been named as one of the top CRMs on both Product Hunt and AppSumo. Prior to Salesforce, Jerome founded Doctura, which is a medical personal journal that worked with tech startups and healthcare companies with new ways of doing business by fusing modern technology. He worked as a project manager and account manager for some of the leading health and life science companies in Europe, US, and China. Some of his work and expertise We're focused on multi-channel promotion, diverse multi-channel campaigns, mobile sales apps, mobile strategy workshops, competitive analysis, innovative workshops, and many, many others. So, welcome, Drone. Glad to have you on SAS District today.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Awesome. So, uh, you know, for those in our audience who aren't familiar with your background, can you share how you formulated that idea to start building your current product as an actual extension of a CRM, which I believe is how it initially started. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was actually we were um, uh, my co-founder and I. We were working on a business intelligence software company, basing basically working on sales there, uh, very hard. I had been um, in the the position you mentioned, uh, working for pharma. I had been working with Salesforce, uh, both uh, deploying it at pharma companies and using it internally at that marketing consultancy. And I, I never really understood how it's benefited me practically. It was great for for the CEO um, to have an overview of what's in the pipeline, which uh, clients are we targeting and all those kind of things. Uh, but for the end users, the rest of us, it wasn't really uh, super helpful. Um, it was my first CRM, so I really tried. Uh, I thought this was this great thing that was going to solve everything. Um, so I already tried everything. Um, I made even uh, tasks in Salesforce, which was uh, probably one of the weirdest things. I mean, like like this huge forms to make a task, Com- comparing that to a uh, tool like Wonderlist, where it was a, a nice thing I could scratch off and everything, a real to-do list, it became this, uh, this very generic, weird thing that gave me notifications within Salesforce and not anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, down to that, I tried to use Salesforce to the fullest extent, but I gave up pretty quickly and started organizing myself outside of Salesforce, like, like almost everybody does, um, mm-hmm. rendering the CRM sort of useless. Um, and then when we started working on um, Explore Plus, which was the, the business intelligence software company, mm-hmm. getting the sales up to speed, um, we were looking at a better way to organize leads knew that Salesforce didn't work, looked at things like Zoho, um, in the end, um, started a Google Sheet uh, because we figured it's, it's better, uh, it's easier uh, than, than going through these complex systems that don't bring much value anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we figured that even in that Google Sheet, we were doing a lot of work and failing to do it. We failed to fill out uh, every time that we contacted someone, whether via email, uh, phone call, a meeting, when the next step would be, uh, when, all this kind of stuff. Um, And we thought, actually, the things that we're doing here, that data is already somewhere. The fact that I emailed someone is in my mailbox, the fact that I had a meeting is in my calendar, the fact that I called someone is in my phone. Uh, when the last interaction was, we can perfectly track that if we just take all that data together. Uh, plus, we had this um, tracking that we were setting up uh, because we were selling to business intelligence software people, and it was very hard to know whether they were interested, mm-hmm. uh, whether they were reading our emails, clicking on stuff we send, and all these kind of things. Uh, very opaque, sort of. Um, we didn't have a lot of view into into the, the sales process. Uh, so, with these two ideas together, uh, we thought. That's something we could build a CRM that sort of starts the other way around. Instead mm-hmm. of requiring you to do a lot of data input to then get a little bit of value back, uh, we're going to build something that doesn't require a lot of data inputs. That basically offers the, the the data to you, and then based on that, also help the salesperson uh, to follow up leads at the right time um, at scale. So, and Got it. that's what we do now. So. And initially, indeed, uh, which was, uh, I think the, the actual question um, was, um, we thought about making that a sales platform that works with Salesforce. Um, because we figured like there's so many companies using Salesforce, it doesn't really work for the salespeople. The idea of having a central CRM is good. Um, but if um, it's all dependent on salespeople and they don't fill it out, then there's an issue. What if we make a sales platform that salespeople actually want to use and we synchronize that with Salesforce. And we went on the road with that and we tried mm-hmm. to sell it to uh, larger companies. But they're, they're, they recognize the the issue. But they they always got stuck on the solution. They were like, "But then we have two systems, and the synchronization is not going to go so well." And mm. and and that's where it usually got stuck. Um, and this was and, before
0: Salesforce had their marketplace to the integration, or was that not an option?
1: No, at Salesforce had their at their marketplace. It was just uh, doubts in the in the uh, about the. The whole synchronization aspect that if you would have things in two places, Salesforce sells like you have everything in one place. And we said, like we can put something next to it. Mm. Um, and it's going to sync with it. And people didn't really trust that. They didn't see that as a proper solution. Um, so the thing we built and actually appealed to uh, startups around us, we were in a startup community and people were like, oh, this looks good, this is better than what we have, and could we like, try this? And then um, and then we started figuring like, okay, maybe instead of trying to sell to big companies, why don't we uh, sell to small uh, and medium-sized one?" Which actually, um, if you think about what the different parties are looking for, uh, makes also much more sense because small and medium-sized companies are really focused on that practical tool for end-users. Mm-hmm. While big companies still very much make their decisions top down uh, from management, where the CRM is basically a, a management tool and the end user keeping keeping what they want in mind is sort of an afterthought. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So just to clarify for those in our audience who don't know what CRM is uh, customer relationship management. It's a platform where companies are using to manage their customer relationships. Uh, you know, with, there's over other six hundred options out there in the market. HubSpot, Salesloft. Um, you know pipe drive, a couple of others w- mm-hmm. what did you feel was missing, and how are you guys uh, you know standing apart from from all the others
1: yeah well it's it 's what I explained the the whole a crm that is that it really starts from existing data that is not a manual system that maybe pulls in uh, more and more uh, crms have uh, starts when we started there was no uh, email sync into uh, crm so so imagine a, a time where you Some CRMs would allow you to BCC an email into a CRM, Um, but Um, now we have come to a place where there's more and more synchronization of emails and meetings and all that into CRMs. Mm. But there's still no other CRMs I know of that really start from existing data and build up from there. Mm. So if in Salesforce, for instance, you create a a company, you can search for it, you'll probably find it, you hit uh, create. Uh, then uh, it will uh, suggest you who you already know because Salesforce already knows. You can just add them with a, uh, clicking the check mark. Their email signature is there if they have sent you an email with a signature. Maybe you added some social data. The account also, there's maybe already some information. And the moment you just click OK, the, the timeline uh, pulls in with the emails, the meetings, the the calls you maybe placed on your Android phone. Uh, that's just there. Cool. Um, and then from there, we do a whole lot of other things as well, like suggesting you when to follow up and things. Yeah. Um, that's something that these other parties that you mentioned don't really do. They start from the classic mm-hmm. CRM model, uh, which ours also looks like, uh, but isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and then getting some data, they don't really uh, make it super easy to, to input data really like radically rethinking that. Right. Makes sense. So for a CRM, right, you have your sales,
0: you have your customer data that can be used to then just you can monitor the processes, the sales performance, Mm -hmm. deal progression, customer relationships. But you know, like you said, sometimes there's older maybe people in the in the industry, whether in sales, marketings, or even managers who maybe refuse to switch to a CRM, right? Instead they prefer the old way which you use, which was, you know, Excel, Google Sheets. Um, what is the typical reason you're hearing of people not already using CRMs,
1: and why should they which Why should they switch? Yeah. Uh, the typical reason is um, that people are working alone, then they, um, they often don't feel a real big need to switch. So they'll mm-hmm. start off with something like an Excel or a Google Sheet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, where usually the switch happens is when they hire a first salesperson. Then it's not just the, the founder of the company anymore that is working out of his, his homegrown system. Um, then you need something where you're, you're going to start working in together. And more uh, importantly also, uh, they want to be able to follow up also what that salesperson does because it's a huge leap of faith basically having someone else to start selling a product. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when people start looking for a CRM. Um, In ours, then they find one uh, where it's very easy to keep track of everything that happens because it gets in there automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, But additionally, just the difference between a sheet, let's say, uh, whether that's in Excel or in Google Sheets or in Airtable, uh, or in Notion nowadays, or whatever, or Trello, uh, Mm -hmm. that also happens, uh, is that the communication uh, is also there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sales is about more than just the, the customer details yeah. uh, or the status of the deal or whatever, which is all these systems you can perfectly track. The link with your emails, with your meetings, with your phone calls, all these kind of things. Uh, that's something that misses in such systems mm-hmm. and, and which is actually the essential part of the sales process is what you're discussing. So mm-hmm. a big so reason to switch.
0: Specifically for in Salesforce, what specific data of the analytic data that you guys provide and your tool collects is most useful for SaaS sales teams for driving you know, decision-making and what they, should they be setting up or paying attention to when they first start on your platform?
1: Uh, that's a very good question. Um, now, apart from all the things I, I, I mentioned already, uh, because I, all, all of this information, uh, who a customer is, what the picture is, their social profiles, the timeline, all those kind of things, obviously, uh, this is uh, who the person is and, and 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 what you're discussing with them is essential. Yeah. Uh, but then if you want to start digging deeper, um, some of the metrics you're for instance going to um, want to look at is uh, how long it takes to um, get a deal from uh, leads to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our insights it's called the sales cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting thing to see. Uh, where that is and how it evolves. Um, then you want to keep track of uh, how many uh, new deals you create uh, in, a, in a certain period and how many you close. Mm-hmm. And make sure that you, you keep hitting both uh, um, always, not, not start working all of a sudden on closing deals and forgetting to fill the pipeline or going the other way around. It's important to always work on both, so that you have a nice, consistent flow through the pipeline, and not a sort of, uh, I don't know how to say, uh, off and on a situation, like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can follow on deals um, where they get stuck, so okay. you can keep track of uh, where deals stay in in which stages for for how long, mm-hmm. uh, so that you have an idea of uh, which which deal is. is basically dying and where, where deals are dying. Uh, you can keep track of uh, slipping deals in that respect as well. Yeah. So deals on which uh, you didn't have any communication with the customer for, uh, for a certain amount of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can uh, keep track also of the, the input-output relationship of your salespeople. Like, okay. If you're seeing that a salesperson is not performing, you'll probably want to go look uh, whether the, the input is there and if like an input i mean are they uh actually communicating with customers like are they doing e- their emails or calls or meetings and if they're doing that uh, dig deeper into um why not and like is it is it that things get stuck somewhere in the pipeline is it that they're uh they're doing the wrong things with customers that's all things you can investigate them got it
0: and when you guys first launched um can you share what your initial go-to market strategy was with Salesforce and how you guys acquired your first 100 customers?
1: Uh, you can actually, if you type fi- first 100 customers in Google, I think our blog post is number one or number two. Cool. Um, that was a, a post that, that um, uh, we wrote before we got our first 100 customers, but it was sort of a prophetic post. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first, I would say, 20 or so Mm -hmm. were all from our own network, uh, plus uh, some press. We tried to get in the press sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually our first customer, for instance, came from an article in in an online magazine. Mm -hmm. He had read about us and thought, oh, that's interesting. And then contacted us. Um, And some of the other, of the first 20 as well, but then others, we just uh, are people we knew. Or people we, we got to know. Uh, and that we then sold Salesforce to because we sold it with a real fully guided sales process for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think around 30 or 40 customers, um, we launched on product hunts, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, for people who don't know, it's the largest product community in the world probably. Um, a bit less active than it used to be, but still. The best place to launch your product, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a ton of uh, trial signups when we did that. I was really, I think we uh, very quickly doubled our amount of customers from there. Um, then we did an, um, an, an AppSumo launch also. Mm-hmm. We did a, a, a lifetime deal there. Um, these things are three years ago, by the way, these two things. Yeah. Um, from which we got a lot of uh, people using our software um, who then also brought uh, other customers
0: w- would you uh, say you got your
1: 100 from Absumo itself did you hit your oh 100? yeah yeah. W- yeah way over it
0: yeah yeah, yeah. what were you guys so, charging there and we get like 37 47 dollars or were you guys a little higher
1: back then it back then it was uh, 39 now mm. deals start start higher mm. um our deal was uh, one user for free and others at a, at a discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually also got customers from AppSumo. Mm-hmm. Uh, customers that pay a bit less, uh, but still also customers. Uh, and then from there, it sort of gave us the scale, the scale to uh, start growing also based on word of mouth, mm-hmm. start pulling traffic, uh, getting good reviews and review sites. Um, then uh, we started building up our content marketing. Uh, and that those are still the main things we drive on today. So.
0: So, you, you know, f- talking about Product Hunt and AppSumo specifically, you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings from founders I speak to who go that route from offering lifetime deal option, because um, sometimes you say it's not worth it, right? Even though you, you can probably, you know, fuel your initial growth and your mm-hmm. uh, pay for your initial development and cost. But, you know, the amount of time, effort, refunds, uh, you know, customer support that you may have to deal with, I guess it depends on the product. But, you know, looking back now, would you, st- would you still do it now again and recommend uh, it? Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, if 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 it works for the product I'm launching, Mm -hmm. um, for Salesforce, yeah, I I, I would do it again. If if I would launch something else, I would wonder: uh, is is um, is my product right for this audience? Uh, Is there a way that uh, when I spread it, um, it's not for free, but you know, (laughs) at a at a at a low cost for the the end user? Uh, Is that going to give me a lot of support? Uh, Is that going to um, increase my reach? Mm -hmm. For instance, um, if you have a product that is inherently visible, like you have a a video product, for instance, that people use to call with each other or something, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. it totally makes sense because you you get more people on your product, more people see it, and that sort of gives you a a big boost. Um, Additionally, it gives you a lot of cloud, like we got for word of mouth. But that's mm-hmm. only uh, you, you need to make sure your product is not uh, crappy at the moment you launch it, obviously. Okay. Um,
0: um,
1: gives you cloud uh, for uh, review sites. It gives you a lot of feedback if you're interested mm-hmm. in uh, improving your product. Uh, but always keep in mind what the load is going to be. Of course, if if mm. the load is going to create is going to is going to get you. A a ton of costs, uh, whether this is on support or some system you need to pay um, for every user, um, Mm -hmm. then I would say stay away from it too.
0: Got it. So you guys, you talked about that now, you guys are focused on on content marketing. Um, So you guys are obviously focusing on, still on SMBs, I'm I'm assuming. Um, Mm -hmm. What else is working for user acquisition and how's your content marketing uh, strategy look like?
1: Um, so our content marketing strategy right now is mostly focused on on, um, on creating SEO traffic because that's uh, traffic you keep mm-hmm. um, that builds. I mean, you're actually building a, a machine rather than, than always getting a campaign and it dies off. Uh, yeah, um, we try to write posts that are on topics uh, related to Salesforce, interesting for our audience, uh, in which we can also. Um, Showcase Salesforce a bit, uh, mm-hmm. so that people get to know our product through reading the post. But that is still, I mean, apart from the the showcasing of Salesforce, a valuable article for people who are exploring that specific topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a post that is also shareable because we uh, we have a schedule on which we share posts yep. um, to our audience to make sure that they they can they can learn from it and we can build up a larger audience from there. Mm-hmm. Um apart from that, what's mostly working is um word of mouth uh it's getting uh listed in more and more places it's getting good reviews it's uh, all these kind of things mm. um a lot of the other channels are very hard uh, in the crm industry mm. uh at least if you don't have the budgets of the of the biggest players uh then it's very hard to outbid them so. Yeah, you know, PPC,
0: right? Like what's the cost per click on some of those, probably 30, 40 bucks a click, 20, at least 25, 30 bucks, yeah. right?
1: Often, yeah, if you, if you yeah. go for <laughs> the US markets, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're enterprise and, you know, you can you have a team to kind of manage it and a good process that could work, but that's it's expensive, right? It's very expensive.
1: It's very hard yeah. to outbid the, the bigger ones, um, mm-hmm. especially when they have a strategy where they um, create much higher lifetime values by being super expensive or trying to upsell everywhere. Exactly. Um, if you then take another strategy, then it's, it's hard to, to, mm. to beat them there. So,
0: so equally important of what, what's working for you guys, what hasn't worked or failed in the, in the past few years, or say even in the first 18 months for you guys?
1: Oh, uh, I need to make a selection now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least two
0: or three. Let's see, I one, one to two.
1: Uh, well, it didn't work. Uh, ads, yeah. that's something we definitely tried. Um, Facebook, that, Google,
0: everything or LinkedIn? or what did you guys try? Uh,
1: ads to create trials. Um, mm-hmm. they didn't work. To get people on the software. That's mm-hmm. um, like outbound ads. If you're doing uh, ads uh, inbound, like people are looking for stuff, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's doable, then you get a, quite some good leads. But if you're trying to sell a, a CRM uh, to people who are not necessarily looking, um, we try that and it's super hard. Mm. Um, we tried out a freemium product in yep. a closed beta. Uh, we thought we could um, um, make that work with a decent uh, conversion from free to paid. Um, but that was very hard. We got a lot of uh, unqualified people on the software. Uh, some um, uh, getting to paid, but then a lot also uh, staying on the free plan. Mm. The, the, the problem is a lot of CRMs do that, so it's not really uh, so unique. Um, do Do you remember the stats on that? Why you say
0: it failed? Like, how many people were coming to your site? How many were converting to free? How many were converting to
1: paid? Uh, f- how many? Un- I only remember how many we kind of got on and uh, how many converted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we were around 600, 700. We, remember we did this in a closed way so that nobody else, our current customers didn't know before we switched yeah. because we were afraid of, of making the switch. Of course. Um, and I think we converted three of those. So. Out of 600? yeah so the, not a very big number <laughs>
0: okay okay yeah that's that's a good experiment very good experiment but
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it it took us quite some time and and it uh, turned out to be nothing and we had mm. good hopes for it but yeah mm. um what else did we try Is it things that failed only
0: yeah yeah fails or just didn't work out or you, you wouldn't do
1: again um so I said ads I said freemium mm-hmm well, outbound ads at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Did you guys do any outbound sales? Did you guys try, or is the LTV not worth it and like uh, doesn't justify for SMBs?
1: Um, we've tried that. In the beginning, we had some initial success with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was quite a while ago. Then, um, Then not so much anymore. I might retry it with a different strategy um, being more specific about the target segment we go after, and and building out uh, uh, a, a a targeted uh, outreach there that shows our customer case and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's not completely written off. Uh, we mm-hmm. haven't done it in a while. Well, at least not for um, for um, for customers. We do outreach for many other things, mm-hmm. uh, podcasts, for instance. Yeah. Uh, But uh, not for um, not for customers.
0: Got it. Cool. I think that was good. Um, So you also run your own podcast, Founder Coffee. So those in our audience, check him out. That's (laughs) yeah, uh, another podcast and about founders. Uh, Hey, will you buy me a real coffee if I come on your show? I don't know if that's an actual part of the deal. (laughs) And uh, I guess what is like the...
1: (laughs) To be very honest, I uh, I actually bought uh, coffee to send to guests uh, way back. Yeah. Uh, but I, do. I don't, I don't have any assistant or so, and I mm. just never got to sending it. Uh, mm. so it's still standing there and okay. I didn't buy any more. I mean, the, the list of uh, guests keep, <laughs> keep increasing and I still buying coffee because I know I'm never going to send it. Yeah. Uh, if we see each other ever, I'm, I'm very happy to, to, to buy a coffee. Perfect. My, uh, my guest list is limited though to, uh, SMB SaaS founders. Uh, preferably mm-hmm. those who are, um, a bit more known because, uh, what I do in the podcast is exploring, um, what the person behind the company, let's say. Mm. Uh, so who is this person? Uh, what does he or she do on a daily basis? How does he, he or she think about things? Uh, this kind of thing. Uh, so that SaaS founders can, um, you know, learn from each other that it's mm-hmm. less of an, uh, and alone sort of spots mm-hmm. that they can uh, share their journey with other SaaS founders.
0: Makes sense. Uh, so you mentioned something, habits over goals. Can you share what you habits you uh, include in your day-to-day? What do you focus on, on a personal level? And do you also apply that within your team and business to help grow the company, or is it just on a personal level?
1: Uh, it's um, it's a thing we started off beginning of this year, what we saw, um, Last year, um, we always put out goals for the year, Mm -hmm. Um, but we saw that the ones that we followed best were the things where we rather defined the the input than the output. Mm. Uh, So if we say we're going to do this that many times a month, Mm -hmm. uh, that was much more likely to happen than if we would say the end result needs to be this. Uh, Like we need to grow this much or something. So then we started thinking like, we can define uh, these output goals. That still makes sense. But what we're actually going to focus on is not what the output needs to be, but what the input needs to be. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of defining uh, what we're going to do on a consistent basis to get to these goals. Mm. Um, So we define things like uh, we do um, two features a month, one onboarding improvements, uh, one is your article, three growth improvements, What I think we said two to three in the beginning, but um, being two times visible outside our own audience, there we mm. set the bar quite low because I think we're rather at 10 a month or something. Mm-hmm. Um, one support approach improvements. Um, we have a whole list of stuff we do um, on a monthly basis, also at team events, but that's on a, more on a quarterly basis that we had at least do one. Okay. Uh, so that we can... Uh, focus on all the things we find important Um, while being super busy. Mm -hmm. We still know that this is stuff we need to do uh, so that at the end of the year, we're not like uh, looking at things and being like, Oh, we didn't reach this. Oh yeah, that's because we didn't do that. No, I mean, we've we've done it. Um, I am certainly myself a a, a person who tries to build uh, routines uh, pretty good at building habits for myself, but that's, uh, if it's only yourself, it's, it's pretty easier. Yeah? It's uh it's when you're trying to establish habits in a team that it's, it becomes, uh, another level of, that's, uh, a, that's a definite um, level.
0: Yeah. You're another yeah. coach, you're the trainer. You have to get them in the gym. <laughs> so it's like yeah. the gym, right? It's like, you either say, Hey, I'm going to lose, I want to lose 10 pounds and then you get frustrated or you just focus on, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. And then, you know, you see what happens in three months. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. But now you're trying to get everybody into the gym and pushing them, so that's a little different, right? Yeah.
1: yeah cool. now <laughs> that I think about it, though, is it harder because you're also you you can you can sort of uh, put it on each other. You can help each other to it's accountability. The yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. accountability, and yeah. Uh, you may push each other, and motivate. So instead of doing it by yourself, so maybe not. I think it's harder to be self-disciplined is actually a, a harder trait than if somebody's there waiting for you, right? So. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Well, cool. So you we guys increased have- it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. I I was that I'm 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 rethinking what I just said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, cool. Um, I was just gonna say, so
0: you guys have raised, you know, I think was it a million dollars in ex- external funding so far? Was it was that a seed round?
1: Um, if you add everything up from angel funding to accelerator money and mm. subsidies, uh, yeah, yeah, we must be around that number. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you just you went up to angel, some subsidies, and then. Accelerator. What's the uh, next milestone that you hope to achieve for the business? And what do you, how do you guys plan to, to do that? Are you planning to raise more money or what's the next goal?
1: Uh, our our ma- milestones are very much on a month to month basis, trying to hit our, our, our goals there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, then in terms of where we're going, um, we have different options. Um, either we um, specialize a bit more, this is a likely scenario. Uh, we are in in such a, a big crowd of markets that if we really want to break through, we're probably gonna pick a, a niche. Mm-hmm. Um, another option for us is is, is uh, teaming up with with bigger players. Um, we're really trying to figure out a strategy where uh, I mean it's not that we're not growing nicely and all that, but we uh, when we started we had we had bigger dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to uh, beat the big players. Uh, so we're, 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 trying to find a strategy where we, um, where we can grow quicker. Uh, and one of these two is the probable scenarios. So a p- possible merger partnership with a, with another big brand is what you're saying? Thinking? Yeah, that's, yeah. that or, or uh niching down or a combination mm-hmm. of both. Niching down meaning be. a
0: specific industry, just focusing on them. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Interesting. It could very well be that this is SaaS and uh, that's actually our preferred uh, route. Mm. Um we have a lot of agencies on the software, which mm-hmm. is marketing agencies, software development agencies. We also have a lot of tech companies, and a large part of those are SaaS companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the most value in building out more SaaS functionality. Yeah. Um, where you um, connect uh, the CRM much more closely um, to the SaaS product uh, mm-hmm. and to the subscriptions. Um, that is uh, an interesting route for us to to take. Interesting.
0: So you're on a on a SaaS podcast today. Um, where can our audience and SaaS founders and marketers get in touch with you? Learn more about what you're working on at Salesflare and maybe try you guys out.
1: Uh, I can uh, share a, a discount. I haven't made it yet, but I'll I'll, I'll make it. Uh, and by the time uh, it launches, you can use uh, the discounts SaaS District. Perfect. Uh, and it will give you 25 percent off for three months. Uh, awesome. You can find all about Salesforce on uh, Salesforce.com and there's a button to start a trial. It, it starts with uh, seven days, but you earn days as you as you do stuff. We made this mm-hmm. sort of gamified concept where when you go through setup steps, you, you can get to 30 days and more. Okay. Um, and if you want to connect with me, uh, LinkedIn is the best place, uh, but with a message, please, because otherwise mm-hmm. I, I don't know where you come from or something and I,
0: and I won't accept it. So. Awesome. All right. We'll add that to the show notes as well. So you'll get the discount, SAS District, 25% off for three months. Thank you for that, Jerome. Uh, thank you for You're being welcome. here. It was great to hear your story. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be all. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. If you'd like to learn more about entrepreneurship, make sure to check out our School of Startups videos on YouTube as well. Until then, see you guys on the next episode. Oh, mm-hmm.